0: KOV.
1: Okay, well, I am happy to do, uh, you know, Andrika, is really good to finally get to have this conversation going. Um, since we are all in kind of different places, and I can see that you're, can you tell me where you are? First, <laughs>
0: yes, uh, I'm at home, obviously. No, I'm, um. I'm in my studio and actually inside one of my installations <laughs> because, yeah, during the lockdown times, I got a bit, yeah, like missing exhibitions and s- installing and seeing the work. So, uh, we set one of my works in the studio. So, um, yeah, yeah, so yeah so to have like a place to come and actually see your work and also get a bit like in touch with the material and yeah so we're sitting inside of my installations in the studio yeah it's
1: an lo- insula- it's a it's a new installation or, or it's a work that you've already shown before it's
0: uh it's a it's new a part of it. yeah it's a it's a part of a new version of actually my first installation i did in 2012 triangular stories uh where i shot two home videos um that on vhs that are embedded in a youth room setting and and this is a another setting of the same work that um we created with a with a sleeping room from a woman from vienna that had the whole, yeah, the whole room decorated in the same fabrics and I was able to get it complete as a full set with lamps and everything in 2018 until then it was in use and yeah and then created this a bit as a frame for these videos, yeah
1: when When you, um, oh me? I am (laughs) I'm in upstate New York and my friends, so um my friends fled the fled the city, completely left, turned in their apartment, turned in their studios, and left New York to up to come upstate. And uh they invited me to come over, which was really nice. Um because uh yeah, New York is a little you get a little bit of cabin fever and it's really nice up here. But now I'm in the basement of uh my friend who's an artist and they're setting up the studio down here. So I'm also in an artist studio, but <laughs> completely different kind is <laughs> is the, is the uh, footage that's playing on the the um, TV? is that um, that newsroom footage that you made for the show?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's no. footage that we produced um, because uh, for me, coming from a background as a costume designer, scenographer, I was always like working on, on the illusion of filmmaking, of how, how to create sets that would tell a story about a certain time and, but but I was never really interested in fiction. I was always more drawn to documentary formats. So like even in, in film school, I always wanted to go to documentary festivals. and was not so um, um, interested in the big uh, scenography, heavy films and, and so my my diploma from film school actually was my first step in exploring how scenography and how the the tools of creating a scenographic illusion can actually be used to create documents or found footage or or play with the idea of what is real and what is fake and how yeah how how these um artifacts may trick us into believing something yeah so Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a it's a film we produce but it's supposed to be yeah like i'm not yeah not clear if i i could also found it and just put it here just like the bed for example right
1: they um when you found this apartment of the lady in vienna and you said you finally managed to gather all this material in 2018 uh, were you Um, So when you initially made the show, you used certain elements of of the apartment and then now you finally managed to gather everything. In this period, um, did you establish a relationship with this person? With the person who's, uh, you
0: know? Normally yes, but but this was um, a bit of a remote production because I was uh, not in Vienna at the time, I was looking at the beautiful Austrian website haben which means which is German and means uh, I want to have and it's the <laughs> equivalent of like yeah eBay for like uh, secondhand stuff and and so I was on Wilhaben and and then I found these pictures that really looked like a time capsule because I think she also used pictures she took in the 90s of the room to advertise it now and so I was like okay um uh I want to preserve this time capsule, and then I asked the curators from the Kunsthalle Bratislava, where the exhibition was, which is supposed to Vienna, to go there and pick it up. And uh, so, I, unfortunately, I was not there myself. Um, I just uh, met the furniture then for the first time in the exhibition. Right. Yeah. But but a lot you, of t- uh, you
1: uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna follow up by by, the, by that exactly. I okay. can. Um, And a lot of times you also bring, um, you know, elements and furniture and and other kind of material from, uh, you know, people's houses. And I I just wanted to, uh, maybe you can talk a a little bit about how you approach people, how you sort the material, what kind of, or or not, you know, I think I'm, I'm curious what uh, how you approach the kind of sorting out of these um uh, you know homestead material there there they're belong belongs someone's home
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think I, I like to search um because i do a lot of like search online to to see like when i'm invited to a specific city uh, uh to do a new production in the museum i always start by looking at the web pages what the people want to get rid of to And for me, that's the first um, step in getting to know the city and the people that live live there. What's what do their homes look like? What is the stuff that they don't need anymore, or or how? Yeah, yeah, what's what's in general the relationship to things and to furniture? Like, is it something that you rather keep for? To give it to your children or something, or or is it something that you want to change every ten years or or like this um, yeah tells a lot about the place that i that I am in and mm-hmm. and, and and because there 's so much, um, I always try to find interesting search terms to narrow down like um, and then I usually look for very emotional words, like how people describe their things, for example, beautiful and and, and finally, if I look for beautiful, it's probably the most ugly stuff because I think, or, or, or stuff that is very, very hard to coin as beautiful. And I find it very interesting because it's sometimes and also the owners of the furniture trying to give it some, because there's something, there's something special about the furniture, but it's also maybe not practical and very, a bit weird. Mm-hmm. and. Then, it's being emphasized as beautiful because uh, this is a subjective um, uh, like uh, thing, so no one can uh, judge that and so 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 going with these like very subjective descriptions of basically the emotions towards the furniture or also the the descriptions mm-hmm. that donors want the potential buyers to see in them like i 'm um, often most the most interesting touch um, church right. uh. and this
1: um and this kind of uh, emotional content and this emotional relationship with objects you um I feel it's some of, one of the things that you know carries on in some of your work, and I feel part of it is that also you try to you know uh, walk this kind of really difficult line between um you know uh, a kind of emotional attachment to something that could also be quite menacing you know the, the home is, is in this way it could become not necessarily you know a cozy nice space for your shelter but it also could become a, a space where it could be menacing could be dangerous it could really be um let's say uh, permeated or defined by ideology but maybe we'll get to that in, in a little later. I, I thought that maybe to continue uh, kind of this thread, maybe you would talk about the last exhibition you had up in view before um, before the lockdown in in Munich, and uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that show. But first, I just wanted to ask. Uh, um, I guess in Germany, you guys have already opened, but was this show? Um, uh, on view during lockdown, was it uh, was it in the galleries, um, but the museum was closed and no one could see it, or it just ended before you went to lockdown? Uh,
0: yes, so it was supposed to be open until end of March, and we wanted to have like a finissage and a talk and everything, and 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 then the lockdown came and it was uh, closed for public, and and then we already had planned to like take it down a month later, getting it all back into the storage, labeling everything, and, and then this was on hold, and a bit it stayed inside the closed um, museum for a long time, like um, a bit like it became part of a permanent exhibition, but one that no one can see, like only the one technicians that would still mm-hmm. uh, like checking the alarm every day, but, but yeah. But, in a way, I don't know. At first, I was sad that the exhibition couldn't continue. In a way, it was also I liked that this very big, very heavy, and very complicated work somehow was frozen in time. Yeah. And, and of course, I was hoping that at some point it would open again and maybe would be like prolonged the exhibition. But but the moment it was clear that uh, that the museums would be stayed closed longer, um, yeah. There was a decision to take it down. So then. Was yeah. So um, so, do you
1: want to maybe a little bit talk about this show and how it came about? Because I think uh, it is also very specific. I mean, this this question, uh, I mean, as you mentioned, when you are invited to a show in a place, you do a lot of, I mean, that the example we were making is that, you know, uh, what kind of people are getting rid of? I mean, I, I have a friend, Rafael Dominic and he says that, you know, or... He quoted, uh, I don't remember who, but was saying that, you know, what people get rid of in a society tell, can tell you a little bit about that society. And this question of trash, for instance, and how, you know, for instance, in America, I feel like tr- the, it's, a, it's a trash society. But that aside, uh, I was just, I uh, wanted to uh, kind of go back to this question of when you get invited, you try to um, research that local context in that in many cases try to see what people are getting rid of and try to buy those furniture or find um, a context of interest Um, is that the same thing that you did in this show because it it seems like you also worked with stuff that people not only didn't decide to get rid of but actually decided to keep so so maybe you can talk about that that context of that show and how it came about a little bit uh,
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yes yes because Cause, yeah, this 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 practice of looking what people have in their home and what like like what is still there but on the edge of being given away and this is where I come into like maybe even yeah. save from destruction and yeah with the Haus der Kunst in Munich where they invited me uh, uh, to produce a work it was yeah a bit like it but also a bit different um, maybe I start by showing a picture wait um because this is the, the the installation i produced for for haus der kunst in munich and yeah what we see in the front is furniture that i could find like basically in the basement of haus der kunst but it was not uh like a recent leftover of the last 20 30 years but it was actually the original furniture from when haus der kunst was built in third reich so um like furniture from the 30s that uh atelier Trost, uh, that were responsible for a lot of interior design in the third reich of adolf hitler and other um, like big nazi uh, leaders uh, the, so so there was this like intense situation that that not only could i go on ebay to see what people in munich were getting rid of but i could even go a lot deeper and darker places and see what what furnitures were in the museum when yeah it was was opened in the 30s and um and and for me uh yeah i wasn't scared to be honest because i i i didn't know what this would do or how how i could work with furniture that is so charged because what i do in my work is basically Trying to look at every piece of furniture as something that could be charged or that, that that can have ideological implementations through the design or through the use, and and so like every CD stand for me can be like a weapon or something very dangerous or something very evilly charged, and then having these furniture from Third Reich like for me was a bit like okay i don't know where this um, is going so uh, so i was um like yeah doing very small steps towards that so doing like having several visits to munich to see the furniture okay, going to the archives in in munich where the where the private like possessions and also the the all the drafts and materials of the Uh, Art of interior designer Gerdi Trost were just last year released for researchers to see so I could go to the archives I could really like move forward reading and learning more and then until finally um, getting these furniture pieces out of the basement and then for two weeks working with them in the space and what I did Mm -hmm. was I I, I took this big um, exhibition room of Haus der Kunst, where the group exhibition was, and I had this big room, and I realized that the, because of course the the whole architecture of Haus der Kunst is very, very Third Reich like ideology, ideology through architecture, like very symmetric, very like this neoclassicism and this like. Um, what Albert Speer coined as ruin value, so so to make very big um, structures that even uh, after destruction would still be looking good as ruins in a in a way, and yeah. and and I also called the work ruinwert, but um, so ruin value, to but but to not look so much at the architecture but rather at the furniture. So what can these furniture pieces tell us about? Third Reich about fascism about this time after like, yeah this this past or the the, the years mm-hmm. that, that have passed and and what I did is I I mixed the furniture with the right. furniture um, I sourced on eBay in Munich so uh-huh. it was mixed so there were these furniture pieces from 38 and and there were. Things that I just picked up, um, or my team <laughs> uh, in Munich from people's homes, and 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 this um, created attention in the room because um, going through, you would look at every piece of furniture like like trying to see what it's about, or like um, mm-hmm. like everything is very like a bit suspicious because you you look at a furniture piece and wonder is it is it a piece where Hitler sat on, for example, or right. it's something that my neighbors gave away. And so then like, there's a big suspicion towards this furniture and, and everything, it's very weird. And and so in a way it was for me also a way to engage the viewer very much um, in looking at everything with this suspicion and, and and so, so that there's no like normal furniture anymore, but everything uh, is carrying information that we need to decode in a way. And mm-hmm. yeah, oh my God, I'm really um, I think we talk for hours about the work. Yeah, maybe you uh, come again. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder, uh, we're, I have a couple of uh, quick questions. One is that, so there is a, um, uh, in a lot of your work, you have been very interested in, uh, a certain form of postmodern design, like the POMO design. And um and here it seems as like you're having a combination of let's say the the kind of the third drive right? uh furniture. But is is there um is is this more um a juxtaposition of let's say these two periods or did you um you have let's say furniture here from the 50s or the 60s or later or I feel um, the reason I bring that up I feel I think that could be a good segue to some other work that you have done but I but as a first question is that um, is this basically these two periods um, or it's like a kind of more of a longer trajectory of let's say furniture design that you could find
0: i think for me it was a way of trying to interlace the topics i'm working on that deal with german history but in a very like going as as deep and as far as i could go because a lot of my work was very like Primarily based on, like, in the beginning of my work, very much on the 90s and the post-unification period right. in Germany. So, so the period I experienced vividly as a child and then as a teenager. So, so this whole aesthetic of the post-89, um, where all the cheap post-modern furnitures from West Germany were suddenly shaping the homes of people in East Germany but also the public sphere and architecture so so postmodernism had a big impact on me as a child but without me knowing what this term is it was just like mm-hmm. suddenly there were these shapes that, that for me as a child were very exciting because they looked like from outer space and, mm-hmm. and there was no preparation <laughs> For me, like aesthetically in the GDR, that something like this might happen, that suddenly there would be right. triangular um, uh, cabinets. <laughs> so, 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 I, in a way, I started working with this aesthetic to speak about the, the transformation in East Germany after 1990. But then in the last years, I worked my way back um, more. So, <laughs> so, so Taking a look at the GDR and several works, but always through the lens of the postmodern copy design from the 90s. So, so the the layers would always be in the same room. So, so, so while while trying to slowly move back in history and having a deeper understanding of the layers that lie underneath uh, the last decades. Um, I would always include the the ones after so mm-hmm. so basically what what also the work in Munich is is like a a bit like an archaeology of um of several time layers at the same time so I'm speaking about the thirties but also about the fifties and the american mm-hmm. occupation I speak about the 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 eighties in munich the 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 nineties 2000s so it's all um yeah i try like i i think I also um the only way for me to speak about um, a time that is so distant from now is for me to include the layers on top of it so so um I think uh, a work that would be like a historic setting of the thirties for me would not be as interesting as as having it in a in a discussion with um, the historic um breaks that that followed so um mm-hmm. So 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 working in, in space and in installation gives me the possibility to to include a lot of time layers in one room, but also a lot of contradictory um, thoughts and um, uh, observations. So so uh, mm-hmm. so it's not linear, but it's a, it's a com- yeah like a complex um, uh, collection of layers. Right. Um,
1: Did. Um- uh, this kind of like a, I'll get back to that, but just like a basic question. Did people, were people allowed to sit on these things?
0: Um, like in general, people are allowed to sit on in my uh, installation. So my, but not like, of course, not everything. Like, like it's a bit, I always say a bit like when you visit someone at home, how would you, what would you do there and what maybe not? Like you would sit on the couch, but not maybe empty all drawers or something like this. So right. but with the furniture from, from the thirties, there was a, yeah, more, um, like conservation, uh, thought. So, so in this work, it was not allowed to sit down. Yeah.
1: You know, um, um, one of the things that we've talked about is this, um, question of, you know, how, um, let's say ideology is manifested in, in material culture. Um, and a lot of the work that you have done, um, in particular, you know, working with domestic furniture and kind of and tracing down um, kind of uh, the context that maybe created it, but also uh, maybe how they were used. And, you know, in one instance, you mentioned, well, post-unification, a lot of these furniture started coming down to um, flooding the kind of like East German market. And there was this kind of almost like a gap between, or not a gap, but, you know, a quite of a disjunction aesthetically because, between what you were kind of used to and then, um, what you later um, experience in your life. Uh, there's this. Um, there's a. You've done some work that you, um, in a way, created some assemblages of houses that maybe. It's a thing. I don't know if I want to get that quite. But uh, but the questions of how you know uh, maybe you know what will the interior um, uh, kind of design or interior space of, of like a uh, more kind of right-wing leaning kind of, you know, there, there has been this kind of uh, question of what kind of aesthetics are, is being used and how kind of interior space kind of maybe could lead, um, uh, it could be a signifier of a certain um, ideological, space or something I mean I understand that could be a little dangerous because it's hard to make a leap between an object um, like a bed or um, but but then you had other combinations where you know there will be a baseball bat and there will be like a flag and there will be uh, a a, a couple of other items in the furniture that maybe almost uh, how would you say almost they work at portraiture you know almost they have this some of those assemblages kind of work like uh, portraiture in a way. Um, but I thought that maybe because um, here in this um, work in Munich you have these juxtaposition of different moments and furniture, maybe we can go and talk about another project where you um, you use uh, more or less one set uh, uh, from, uh, from a, a very, uh, you know, it it was less of a collage when you kind of like um, decontextualized a set of objects and brought them to a museum. And that is uh, the work that you did um, in Frankfurt, uh, the, the um, 14 words installation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like that, there is also a kind of a, a strange, uh, an uncanny relationship between like the more 30s uh, furniture that you used here and then The story, or kind of how you started, like uh, putting this uh, exhibition in Frankfurt together.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's 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 good that you mentioned this also with the baseball bat, for example, because I think what 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 my like when I started working on my first installation in 2011, which now I'm realizing it's almost 10 years, and and I realized how 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 because I'm I have been constantly going back to to questions, same questions or same topics and trying but trying to evolve the, the discussion or how because i think in the in in the beginning of my practice I w- it was very much um, motivated by the way to find a, a a voice to speak about certain topics where i felt that there wasn't an like a aesthetic language or a way to 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 get them into a, a, a discourse that could um, take place in an art institution because um because um for me uh, experiencing experiencing um a very strong right-wing radicalization in like a general public in the in the part of germany where i grew up it 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 brought me to the like i really wanted to find a way of how i could speak about it in order that also people would Hear it, or see it, or want to see it, or be interested in it. So, um, so, so, trying to find a way to speak about topics that are very upsetting and very, uh, uh, yeah, like, 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 yeah, um, like, how can I use my tools as an as an artist to 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 carve something out, um, so so that that we are not afraid to speak about it, or that we have tools to mm-hmm. speak about it without um thinking that it's like uh something that we just cannot speak about or that we um yeah so so i think in the, in the beginning of my practice it was very much about trying to find a voice trying to um position topics very like also uncomfortable topics in a in a art context and in a way like establishing through the exhibitions through the installations with the programs with the conferences were with screenings concert a practice that that takes place in the in in the art context and um, and allows a discussion also with historians with scientists with sociologists, so to mm-hmm. yeah to to start a conversation and and in my in my artistic practice, now looking back at what what I did these last years, I realized that 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 after having like a bit started the conversation, I could evolve the language in which I wanted to speak about these topics because they were started like, like there was a, um there was a conversation possible or it had already started, so I could uh, get more sophisticated, also a means of how I want to address these topics. Also more, um, in a way, going deeper or also more subtle in a way. So, mm-hmm. so I would not have to put the baseball bat, so people would know what I want to talk about. So I don't have to come like this. I need to speak right. about hearing radicalization, but I can put a bat and say, I need to speak about this, and this bat is my tool in this instance and so so um i realized that i in my practice started to become more more adventurous also playful and how to yeah how to use um use this language that i'm trying to create and and i think the work in frankfurt for me was a very important step because it's something i had never done before like in this um like radicality i will show Mm -hmm. now um
1: yeah maybe you can talk a little bit about how it came about because it's very
0: yes because because what i tried to do was uh in this work in 2018 um not so much to create um recreate physical spaces that like for example i create a space and say this is was the youth room of these um, right-wing terrorists from Thicker, but but it was more the idea of how could I translate an ideology into a physical space? So when I think about uh, an ideological concept, a structure, uh, how could that manifest itself in architecture, in interior design? How, how? So 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 before I started, I I also thought, okay, maybe. It will be something I will try, and then realize, ah, maybe it's a bit too, um, I don't know, complicated or a bit like off um, to to speak about ideology in this, I don't know, a bit poetic spatial way. So, so what I what I did was um, I I found this um, flower shop uh, that was all in mint and white. Uh, on eBay Kleinerzeigen um, in, yeah, close to where I grew up in East Germany. And it was um, uh, sold second hand. And, and, and the pictures were already like very, like drawing me or like, yeah, calling me somehow because they were all photographed without flowers. So it was a flower shop to be sold. And of course they were, like, it was empty because it's um, mm-hmm. something that someone wants to sell. So people want to see what it looks like but the moment, you have a flower shop without flowers. Somehow, it gets very sad or a bit weird, like because you start to look at the structure more. Because normally, if you go in a flower shop, you're completely overwhelmed with with smell, with colors, and 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 when the flowers are away, it's it's very odd to see the structure where they put the vases and everything. So, so i found this very interesting to speak about structure or also about um like violent structures um and and um yeah and so basically what what um ah, yeah, and and the, the idea behind uh, was to find a way to speak about the right-wing ideology that um was um, because because I had done a lot of works about the National Socialist underground uh, that that was living undercover in the town where I grew up, but uh-huh. um, but I was always very much focusing on a bit of the the act like what happened, what how could that happen, what what was happening in that year, and very much like trying to document, to understand, to to yeah f- find a way of Dealing with the actions or the, yeah, what what happened in a way, but mm-hmm. but with this work, I wanted to find a find a spatial um, uh, interpretation of the reasoning that or the 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 racist ideology on which these murders that they did were based, and and the work is called 14 Words, um, referring so to us. The, yes. Right. No,
1: I just wanted to, yeah, get to this, um, ask you um, about, you know, why a flower shop? Because that's a very kind of specific reference, and uh, I guess you were just about to talk about that. But sorry to interrupt here.
0: Yes, yes, because I'm um, because uh, the flower shop uh, is a reference to, to the first um, murder that the National Socialist Underground um, did in Nuremberg in the year 2000, and was who was a um, Yeah, flower shop owner, and 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 the whole like all of the murders they did were were focused on um, on uh, owners of shops uh, with the migrant post migrant um, uh, like biography, and so 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 this this ideology of um, through uh, murders on on specific people to. Try to create a um, yeah like a destabilization in society, uh, atmosphere of fear of hate, and and like like the whole ideology behind us to to create um, uh, a destabilization in society that that would lead to people like starting a war basically. So the idea of um, trying to create a situation in where in which uh, a so-called racial war uh, would break out, and then um, people would murder each other, and um, and towards a white supremacy in society. So that's the cruel um, ideology, and and so for me, this working with this flower shop was a was a way to to get into the structural um, ideology of of imagining a, a homogenic society, but that would be achieved through murder, war, uh, hate, racism, and in the end, yeah, uh, a, f- a violently mm-hmm. fought for homogenic society, which in the end would be, yeah, like death, like a flower shop without flowers. You know.
1: Yeah. The, the the 14 words, obviously, it's also a specific um, reference they were writing um, manifesto. You titled the your, your work behind this was this also um, were they inspired by by this manifesto or how did you make that connection about um, maybe you can just like talk about the title a little bit.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so
1: the David Lynch.
0: Yeah, so so yeah. the the following words. Yeah, this 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 um this uh yeah right right wing um, fascist ideology is. Uh, uh, if you spell it out it's um, we must secure the existence of our people and the future for white children. so these forty yeah. words um were also referenced like by the by the national socialist underground in the in the way they produced the video with um, like having a, a a design of the video to have room for fourteen murder victims and it was also i don 't know so much also a violence that is always. Also, very much working with symbolism or with the with the design and with them, like putting the, the the taking of a human's life in a in a way of, to have a symbolic number and like all this like the cruelty of this, I was trying to um, analyze in a in a structure in the space. Basically. Yeah.
1: This, um this uh when you make an installation like this how much of this um content you give out so let's say if you walked into the show in frankfurt will you uh provide you know through a wall text or didactic something about you know the 14 words or the flower shop itself or these references or um because i'm curious in a way that you know um uh, for instance, in in this case, in this particular instance, the um, there is a certain form of architecture, but uh, but also um, the person, the proprietor of this flower shop, was murdered. Um, so in a way, the um, the architecture um, is is um, let's say almost could perform a floating signifier in a way um, in this way, the archer did not belong to, let's say, the, say, um, right wing radical. But uh, it, it belonged to a, to an immigrant or someone from an immigrant background who was proprietor of a, of a flower shop. So, and it, 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 also, it, it, that sort of tension is still there, but uh, from a different. Angle. So, for instance, when you have the furniture at Third Reich, that's a very um, specific idea that you know you can think about who sat on this furniture, who used this furniture, and and this one is is um is is in a way different kind of side of that. Or um, let's say this furniture was almost like a setup for for like for someone for a life that was taken away. You know, it it became like a setup for murder. Uh, almost, but um. But I was just curious, how do you communicate the information because um, given the, uh, the context of these work mm-hmm. and, um, and how do you kind of, because I feel a lot of your project also um, are very specifically think through Almost surgically, this question of framing: how can you frame an object, or can you present an object in a different context? And kind of like using the gallery, using the exhibition space as a as a framing device to kind of like bringing these conversations um, through this, uh, you know, the ideological manifestation uh, uh, with or kind of how ideology, let's say, manifests itself through material culture and objects, you know. Um, so uh, yeah, I just just uh, curious about how you contextualize them uh, mm-hmm. for someone that us who watchs in doesn't know anything about this mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think I think especially now that I'm trying to get more yeah like 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 more reduced in the form or not reduced, but more like more interpretative, so more yeah, I think the the information for me is always very crucial, and I always i believe in information and in giving it to visitors very much but i okay. uh, so so for me the, there's always a text and it will always be um, accessible and also readable and understandable so i always um so i want to give people the information that now that they've maybe heard about something that they didn't know of before or are interested in getting to Get involved or find out more uh, that there's all the hints to also make research on yourself like by yourself for example but but when you enter my work I I want you to at first have an experience by yourself so so just with the work so so I try to position the information a bit more in the middle on the end so so that, that at first the work can speak to you just by the, the way it, it can right. so, because for me, um, text and research is very important, but I always realized that the linear format, like text or film in a mm-hmm. classical sense, are not my first medium of choice, so I use them as tools as well in my work, but the space and the, the simultaneous uh, existence of of different things in one space, like this is this is the medium that speaks to me the most, because it's the... The complexity of opposing um, things in the same space. So yeah. So and and the moment you enter an installation or see your work for the first time, I want the work also needs to do the speaking. So so uh, so I want the works to have a have a conversation with the visitors by themselves, just with the with their language, and then a bit like like. Like an iceberg, where there's the tip that looks mm-hmm. up. But the more information you get, you can dig deeper. And and after reading a text, mm-hmm. for example, um, or speaking uh, to a guide, um, the whole work might have a completely new perspective um, through it. And and so, so but but Is the that, flu- um, yeah.
1: Sorry, no. I was just gonna say. I mean, it's interesting when you mentioned you you have. Um, you know the text would be something that you would accept um, you would have access to like maybe a little later as you kind of experience the exhibition. that kind of that brings me to this other question that I've been meaning to ask you. and um, and it's you know how would just say it's more related to the question of performance than the question of time, because I feel like um while I mean, um, even in in how you think about the distribution of information, you kind of incorporate um, the temporal experience of the work in the installation. And while these objects have this appearance of these static objects that are signifiers of maybe certain form of design or certain moment in time or manifestation of certain moment in time through design, um, you also, um, you know, they, it, it also seems um, almost like, um, like a space that the audience also, might assume the role of a performer, or kind of might assume the role of a participant in this set um, and, and 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 at first, I think that's almost you know I, I was just curious if if there was that that had anything to do with your you know um, how you first started making work, or can you talk about the kind of relationship with performance maybe or time, mm-hmm. you know?
0: yeah because because i i like like before um studying at film school i was uh studying theater and um like stage and costume design and i was like um yeah very interested in in the performance and the space and how 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 to create like this sort of magic of a performance for a certain time i i also st- do performance sometimes, like organized performances, or but mm-hmm. I I don't want to like link them permanently to an exhibition or an installation, or because sometimes I'm asked if if it would be interesting, for example, that someone would be sleeping here all the time or like right. uh, inhabiting the space. But I always uh, felt like no, it's it's not right. But I was not sure why I didn't like the idea because normally why not <laughs> like but but then I realized that. There was someone lying here and i would be coming here as a visitor i would not feel like this could be for me i would feel ah this is her space she's sleeping here i'm i'm just right. a visitor or a guest and but when i come to the space by myself suddenly this belongs to me or is something that that puts me in the position of the owner of this place or, or of it gives me an intimate um uh, moment with the work where where I can immerse myself into being in that certain life um, and and so mm. yeah I think you described it well to say that the visitor in that moment becomes the performer that I create the stage design for so I mm-hmm. I, I basically create these spaces for the visitor to have a uh, yeah like. A, Yeah, like a show or like something where, like a performance themselves to, Mm -hmm. yeah, so to also a way to to make this very complicated, very detailed works that then suddenly are there for you. So it also makes gives also makes objects that are very, maybe not so special or something that, that you would rather think about throwing to the trash suddenly. When it's taken so seriously and put there for you to see and to sit on and to get um, or to interpret even or to make lecture about, suddenly uh, these very banal and sorted out objects of our time and um, society uh, suddenly change. and And I think this this for me um, uh, was a very is a very important point because for me it's very the most interesting objects are the ones that are not that people are not so interested in. So so Mm -hmm. I'm always drawn to these things that seem to have no cultural value because they're mass produced, because they are ugly, heavy, they fall to pieces when you just look at them. And and so what happens when we take them seriously, when we put them into museums and say, they could be a signifier of our culture and time. And, um, and... Mm -hmm yeah do you think
1: uh do you think that you almost um there's also like this other aspect of your work that is some kind of like you know a, a certain archive of material culture in in a way i mean um i assume that as you make more you know during the years these projects that you make it's like a sort of indexing of a lot of these um objects in many different contexts that you found from different periods and i i thought that um you know there is this other aspect of your work that maybe doesn't become immediately accessible by looking at what installation, but when you when you look at ten years of work, um, it it almost feels that there's this um, you know strange archival aspect to it because um, you know once let's say these shows um, if they're if they don't belong to the collection later maybe um, a lot of them also and even if they do, you have a index of of these works you know. Um, you know, it, it almost becomes this. Yeah, in a way, as I said, like it almost also performs as a as an archive throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, something else that I thought would be interesting to think about, and I, I know we're almost running out of time, but was this question of, um, you know, a question of fabrication versus um, your methodology of assorting and gathering and creating the space, and and I think that speaks to another. Um, issue that actually maybe now more than ever we're all thinking about is that um, you know what does it mean to produce an object and put it out in this world and a lot of your work um, also is using existing material Uh, sometimes like you know in this case in the setup that you're actually um, you are in now you know part of it you always you've shown before and now you've added to it so um, it's something I I wouldn't want to call it um it's kind of a, it's almost like using art as you, as, as creating a different purpose for these objects, existing objects, you know? It's almost like repurposing, retooling, or detouring a certain set of objects to different ends. And, um, and in a way, also each exhibition, you know, once it's over, maybe it, it has, um, in a very basic way, it also has a, a, a much less impact on the environment for instance in terms of uh, creating additional waste or things like that so there's also like this kind of i like to call it the like, economy of means to the work and and um and I felt maybe that that is um that's again like something that's not immediate to the work, but I feel like it's one of the uh, underlying process of making the work. Does that make sense to you at all
0: yes because because I think um like like because i because i i did so many different things also before starting to work as a visual artist and it took a while for me to realize that uh this reassembling of things is also like artistic practices uh because it's a it's a practice that doesn't want to produce new things but rather look what's there and try to make sense of them maybe for the first time in some cases like Mm -hmm. a lot of things that I find very interesting, um, are maybe the ones where, where it's hard to imagine that they at some point made a lot of sense and then lost it. But but some some of these like shapes and forms I work with, like it feels a bit like they were already born outdated or 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 or, or they're so dysfunctional that no one really used them or like this right. trying to to take all these objects and say okay. You had a rough start, and, um, and now it's already somehow your, your lifespan is already ending. But I want to see if I can find a different purpose, or or or, or take you in a way serious that that you can speak uh, about things that you can communicate about. Or but um, yeah, yeah, it's basically um, trying to make sense of all the stuff, and and so. So mm-hmm. yeah this this creates an archive, um, but not only like a physical archive, which I'm trying to keep uh, in, in control, um, so uh, but but also an an archive of shapes and forms because because. Mm-hmm example, working so long with um, the leftovers of Germany, for example, right. you've got to know every lamp shade or like like there's new colors or it comes in a different form, but it but it starts to make sense to me. So I know all the weird cheap <laughs> furniture stores from the <laughs> East, from the province in West Germany. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so trying to get a understanding of, of something that maybe doesn't want to be understood, where maybe also the designers. <laughs> Designed it back in the days would not want their names linked to it. So, trying to, to, to get an understanding of something, to see if that could be a, a, a strategy to understand the mm-hmm. society I, mean, or the, the I
1: love what you said that you're working with the with the leftover of Germany. It's such a beautiful way to put it. That's like a really interesting way of putting it. Um I just wanted to say uh I feel like we're kind of running out of time but I wanted to say um thank you for uh being in video with me because one thing we talked about is that uh, this uh covid maybe separated us physically but then brought us we're all together in video. Uh but on that front I just feel yeah I mean there's a lot more to talk about but I feel like maybe we can um maybe we can stop here but I, I kind of want to kind of um um think about this um this question or just the way this description of you know working with the leftover of germany to me was very kind of like a almost like a again another surgical way to to put this kind of relationship between what is left out and what does that say um but also this um another aspect of the work which is really about uh, musicological or, or museological in 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 essence where you know um there is like a aspect of you know taking these objects and and keeping them and kind of like recirculating them in a in a different way, which I think obviously museums do in many ways and um this is another kind of like aspect of of thinking about the uh, history of these objects. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you don't have anything in addition to say, maybe I will um, talk to you soon.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, Was yeah. thank you for having me. Thank you to V for hosting. And yeah. I
1: yeah. To also wanted to thank um, Raphael for um, helping us uh, do this as seamlessly as possible.
0: Yeah. And thanks okay. to me and Clemens as well in the background
1: okay (laughs) i wish you could see everyone i hope to see you
0: soon yes
1: please -bye. Bye -bye. bye bye